All right, so we all ready? We all good? Yeah, I'm. Fe- I feel I'm. I'm fucking pumped, man. Oh, good. Oh, oh. Uh, worth noting, you can swear on this show. I don't know if you knew that, but yes, uh, yes. I'm very fucking excited about that because the, the. Well, we can get into it in the show, but I, I well, you, swear. Like you don't swear on your show. I didn't no. know that. Well, uh, so. Oh well, well, don't say uh, it. Yet. Well, yeah, nope. don't. We'll, we'll save it for the show. Welcome back, motherfuckers. It's time for Unprofessional. I am Lex Friedman, and I am joined by my friend and yours, Dave Whiskus. Hi, Dave. Ah, uh, what's up, bitch? This so, is the all-swearing episode of Unprofessional. Our, uh, our non-asshole of a guest is, is Casey Liss. Hello, Casey. How are you? That's a bold fucking statement. What Thank if I am you. a dick? Uh, well, I just I didn't want to say our asshole of a guest, because that seemed like a really shitty way to start the conversation. Yeah, but perhaps more accurate. <laughs> But so, Casey, uh, <laughs> A, who the hell are you? And B, why the fuck are we swearing so much? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, so my name is Casey Lewis. Uh, you probably know me, if you do it all, from uh, my podcast with friends, which is the Accidental Tech Podcast with Marco Arment and John Syracusa. I'm that other guy. Uh, and, <laughs> so, uh, and we're swearing because uh, I try very hard not to swear on the Accidental Tech Podcast and its predecessor, Neutral. And what's funny about it in the story I was going to tell right before we got on air is that for the first episode, two episodes of Neutral, uh, we recorded them thinking we would throw them away. So to me, I was just talking to my friends, Marco and John. So I was swearing like a fucking sailor. And then it ends up that that's what we decided to release. So now I can never get Oops. all of those terrible expletives back. And I have all this bottled up. I don't, I don't want to call it anger, but like word vocabulary anger. And so it's now, pent up. yeah, it's pent up. And so now I can swear and this is fantastic. And then I'll feel guilty about it tomorrow. But right now I'm feeling great. <laughs> so why do you try not to swear on ATP? Because I don't want to have to have Marco edit all of those swear words. And plus we get a lot of flack because usually what he does is he bleeps them with some sort of like funny noise, like a handbrake from a car from neutral or a honk <laughs> or something. We and, don't do that. Yeah. We don't care. So See, two that's, things. that's perfect. Two things. One, uh, you said you're the other guy, and I can kind of empathize. I know what it's like to be in a trio where you're the, probably the least noteworthy. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, with with this show, we uh, we have a, a review, one of the reviews on iTunes. Oh, Vesper. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Took you a minute, Lex. It did. Uh, there's a review on iTunes about uh, how they love the show, but they don't like the swearing. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's, of our show, that's right? just not yeah, going to yeah. work out well. Somebody, somebody said about unprofessional. And I think that we're just this – is, this entire episode is going to be one big fuck you to that person. Well, my advice to that person is uh, don't listen to this episode and don't even start it. Yeah. I don't know if I got the message out in time. <laughs> don't, so. don't, hear the, don't listen to the intro to this one. So why do you think it is? I mean I'm not asking you to, uh, to explain Marco's own line of thinking. But what do you think it is that makes Marco want to cut out the profanity from his episodes? Well, I think it well, – what do you mean his episodes? It's our episodes, Lex. Um, but, Whatever. No, no, I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, no, true. Uh, no, I think the reason is is because it, when you mark it as explicit in iTunes, that does turn off a whole big part of the audience. The part that you two don't care about. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I, well, the dead serious, dead serious. Who would be listening to the show otherwise? Yeah, I, I guess what it is is that sometimes people will listen to it in mixed company or in front of their children or whatever. And when you start the show with, you know, hey, motherfuckers, that's setting a different kind of tone than perhaps some other podcasts. This ain't a family show. This ain't Disney. <laughs> it ain't right. Disney. That's for sure. Well, the whole, 
I, I think we can get away with it because the entire point of this show is to get to talk to people in a very uh, uh, familiar, non-stuffy kind of way. Right. There's nothing... Not, nothing... not like that stuffy ATP show. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, that's where I'm going with this. Is it, it seems like that's another show where you should be able to just talk to people the way you'd talk. This is, it's not an interview. It's just a conversation. Conversations, people sometimes swear. Yeah, right. you know, I would agree with that. And generally speaking, I don't censor myself other than expletives. I mean, everything else I say... Well, most would probably argue I, I, I'm not adding a whole hell of a lot, but whether or not that's true, <laughs> uh, the, whatever I say is what I think. And I don't really filter myself other than to ta- stop using fuck as a comma, which is basically my normal way of talking. Where are you from? Oh, well, so I'm from all over. Uh, my parents are both New Yorkers. Um, okay. That's, and, that's what I was looking for. Yep. It, actually, they don't swear that much. I don't know. I'm just a lost cause, I guess. But where do you live now? So I live in Richmond, Virginia now, which, oh. depending on who you ask, is maybe the South, maybe maybe it's Deep South, maybe it's not quite the South, and it's a total clusterfuck. But I would argue, it's certainly South of the Mason-Dixon, and it's a lot more South than New York or New Jersey, that's for sure. I have always thought that you have an unusual accent. Yeah, well, I grew up all over. So dad works for IBM, and, and we used to joke that that stands for I've been moved. So <laughs> I went to high school in western Connecticut, but I literally could walk to New York, the state of New York from where my parents' house is. And I spent most of I mean, my- I literally could walk to New York from where my parents' house was. It would just take a very long time. <laughs> well, okay, I could do that in a not- tremendous amount of time in fact probably <laughs> maybe, like maybe just anymore. replace the word literally with conveniently <laughs> conveniently would probably be a better choice of words swap out your adverbs yeah there you go but uh but i spent a lot of time in the midwest so there was a time that i was cuddly and blonde and now i'm neither of those things well you're still blonde no i'm not i so uh, how did my we, question? we wound up interviewing Casey, so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened here my question, though, is because, I mean, I, I don't have any idea, but I'm guessing that a show like ATP must rake in about $680,000 a year. And <laughs> Oh, don't make it weird, Lex. No, but what Too I want to know is it's like the luckiest spot for you to be on. Like, you're on a, this very popular and very cool show. How do you luck into a gig like that? You must have been sleeping with Syracuse or something, right? Uh, yeah, and I'm really good. I mean, he's is all he right. Is he a gentle lover? Really he, he's gentle. How's he, how's he, he post game? A lot of cuddling? <laughs> There, is it, he, not a lot of pillow talk. No, no, all kidding aside, John is John is very gentle, and Marco's very hard. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've known I've known Marco for like twenty years. We we met as kids, and so uh, it just so happened that when Marco and John's uh, independent podcasts with uh, Five by Five, when they ended at, we're gonna have to bleep that. <laughs> sorry, my bad. <laughs> at, that, <laughs> at that other at that other network that shall remain nameless. Uh, when they stopped, uh, Marco and I were talking about doing a car show, and then he thought, "Hey, well, let's bring John in on this because John likes cars as well." So we started doing neutral. Nobody listened to neutral, although I had a hell of a lot of well, we all had a hell of a lot of fun with it. And then we just because we're three nerds, we started talking about tech stuff after neutral was over, and we started releasing those, and then that became a thing. So I guess the short version is just really good fucking luck. Nice. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Now it really is a right place at the right time, and I I like to think that I contribute, but whether or not you think I do, uh, it certainly was right place at the right time and knowing the right people. I'm just they excited. Those I, things aren't mutually exclusive, right? <laughs> That, that's, that's very true. I mean, I may be a complete waste of airtime, but hey, I'm still there. <laughs> How about that, bitches? What I mean is it's entirely <laughs> possible that uh, you may have lucked into something, but you may have also uh, earned it or earned it after you lucked into it. <laughs> I like to think so, but, you know, it's a tough thing. I'll, I mean, all jokes aside, Marco and John are really freaking bright people, and it, it's 
it's easy to feel insignificant when standing shoulder to shoulder with them. Well, particularly John, because he's tall. He's taller than well, I, I am. I, I now know that you're in podcast mode because you said really frickin'. Ah, so see? You're, you're clearly in podcast yeah, Well, you've you got John and Marco running through my head now. Fuck those guys, I, man. Should I do the rest of this show in the uh, in the John Syracuse voice? Yes, break out the Syracuse impression. It's do fine. you do a good impression? <laughs> I, know, I, I do a pretty okay impression. <laughs> <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> He's going to hear that. I love that. That is, And his awesome. wife will hear that, too. I, as <laughs> Of all the wives I know, I, not that I've ever met Mrs. Syracuse, but she is a listener and a fan, so I like Oh, really? That. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, she was I, actually in the chat for ATP the other night, um, correcting what John was saying about about his <laughs> nice. museum of computers at home. I was like, "Wait, is that really Tina? Oh my God, it is!" Oh, and then Mark, or excuse me, John said, "Yeah, I knew it was her because I checked her IP address in the chat room." <laughs> well, that's John. Nerd's gonna nerd. Yep. Good God. Yep. That's see what the people I have to deal with, gentlemen. Do you see how <laughs> difficult it is? I mean, believe me, it's hard enough for us to keep the show alive with just two regular hosts. You've got three. Yeah. And imagine trying to get a word in edgewise with those two. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I say that because I know they're, they're probably both going to hear this. Uh, oh, yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly why I was saying the same thing. John, Marco, please don't beat me up. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's funny, too, is I, you know, Dave and I give a lot of thought, I know, behind the scenes, behind the candelabra, behind the podcast. Uh to making sure that the guest is talking at least a third of the time and that neither of us is talking too much of the time. So when you have three people and you never bring in a guest, it feels to me like the stress level on that must be even worse. Cause it's like you've, if you mess it up and you never fix it, then your show is just constantly messed up. Yeah, it is weird. And I, as much as I give them shit, they really have gotten a lot better. I think early on in ATP, but as a combination of me not being confident and them not used to having to share the stage really at all you could argue um it was hard for me to get anything in and with time i think they've both gotten considerably better about making sure that i'm still there (laughs) and that i still have a chance to say (laughs) something um and so it's actually as much again as much as i give them shit it's i'm really really proud of all three of us and and where this has become where we've gotten to but i mean early atps it was basically the marco and john show and again that's a group effort I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely honest for a second, knowing mm-hmm. that every host of ATP will hear these words. Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys fell slightly victim to um, the same thing that happened to the Beatles, although it worked out fine for them. Yoga? You, you kind of had a joke <laughs> name, and then the joke name stuck forever. Like when you make a pun, and the pun is the title of your thing, which is not what you guys did. I'm not saying that you're a pun. But like the Beatles are forever the Beatles with that ridiculous pun name. Um, and you guys were an accidental tech podcast, but now it's very clearly an intentional podcast, but you're saddled with the accidental name. I don't no, think it's hurting no, I think the name's way. great. I think the name is great. Uh, the same thing happened with uh, 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 the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl was saying that if he had realized that the band would still be together this many years later, he probably would have called it something else. I think that's part of the magic of it. You've got yeah. something that you're you're not you're taking seriously, but you don't you don't I don't know you let it happen organically rather than trying to force something. Right, and that's exactly what happened. And the comedy about it is when we were coming up with the name of neutral, I actually came up with it, but Marco was the one that that picked it because we were just tossing names back and forth. And the reason he picked it was because it 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 implies that we weren't taking it too seriously because neutral. As a car show, it wasn't about, oh, what car is the most horsepower? You know, what's the new news in, car, in the car world? It was just three guys bullshitting about cars. And so Neutral was a deliberate attempt to set the stage of we don't really know what we're talking about. 
And we got so many shitty reviews about how we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and then with the Accidental Tech podcast, it just like you said, Dave, it, it happened ironically. Uh, ironically, it happened organically is what I meant to fucking say. And, uh, and so and, and we have this name. Yeah, very conveniently. Uh, so it had this name that that implies that we don't know what the hell we're doing. And I like to think we kind of know what we're doing. That's the that's that's the balance I try to strike. <laughs> Yeah, basically, as long as I don't <laughs> leave the, the microphone saying to myself, holy shit, what was that? Then I consider it a successful night. Walk I, away and try to look cool. Try to try to look like you meant it, but also talk as if you you don't know what you're doing so that people don't have too high expectations. <laughs> <laughs> See, you found my M.O. In some yeah. ways, I mean, I don't think that the show you do is an easy show to do. I think it's clear that, you know, you need talented people like yourself and your co-hosts to do it. But when you're doing a, a tech show that's going to be topical, y- you don't know what the next week's show is going to be until next week rolls around because the week of news has to happen. But <laughs> right. you know that, you know, that you know. okay, we're going to talk about whatever the hell happens in tech. With this show, there's some nights when I get nervous when we're getting ready to record. I'm like, what the hell are we going to talk about? We don't talk about what's topical. And if I know the host really well, I'm like, okay, I, I know what we can talk about. If I don't know the host at all, I like Dave was saying before, like I don't want to fall into the interview pattern. But that's me where this show gets stressful sometimes. It's like, what the hell are we going to talk about tonight? Or, or we can spend the entire episode talking about the guest's podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Problem solved. Uh, Problem solved. No, it's funny because when you uh, asked me to to be on the show, I think the first thing I said was hell yeah. And the second thing I said was, what in the fuck do you think I'm going to have to say? <laughs> it but, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And have you ever listened to this show? I mean, I have. On. I have. And you know, I'm not I'm not saying that our, our past guests are, are bad. This is rather the opposite that I think that you take an interesting person, you put a microphone in front of them and you start a conversation with two other hopefully somewhat interesting people. And it should come out as an interesting conversation, no matter how you slice it. I right. just want to say that Casey misrepresented his side of the conversation. I said, hey, want to be on unprofessional. He said, is the Pope Catholic? I said, because I'm a wordsmith, ha, ha, ha. And Casey said, I'm the least interesting man in the world, but hell yes. <laughs> uh, that is, I believe, okay. verbatim. The least interesting man in the world. I don't think that's true. You've led an interesting life, a charm. Are we going to put a link to that conversation in the show notes? We could, I'll take <laughs> oh, a screenshot and send it your way. No, let's not. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's we'll publish right. Casey's phone number as well. Yeah, let's just screw it. You want me to give you my home address while we're at it? Let's just invite the crazies. No, I want to. I want to get back to our our pre-record, almost conversation about you and not enjoying fizzy water. Oh <laughs> right. yes. Yeah. So so Dave and I were talking about how really I don't belong as a podcaster, let alone a successful one, because I don't drink coffee. Which Dave, you said Neither that's okay. Of us do. Okay, right. I'm, yeah, I don't drink coffee either. And and uh, Marco and I covered this when he was on this show. I've I've heard about how I should drink coffee. Yeah. See, and that's the thing is that I don't believe in consuming a substance that if I don't have it, I'm I'm in I'm incapable of functioning, with the exception of alcohol, of course. Um, right. Right. And say so I don't want to be that guy that wakes up every morning is like, oh man, I can't fucking do anything until I have my coffee. <laughs> One that drives me nuts is I will sometimes order decaf if I'm with people who are getting coffee. And I'll, I, it's always the same question. Oh, why would you bother? Because we're drinking <laughs> coffee. That's and I want doing. to be a part of the drinking the coffee. Like I'm here with a group. I want to take part in this. And just because I can't have caffeine, that shouldn't – there is a thing that allows me to, to drink coffee with you and not have an anxiety attack. Well, at least you do decaf coffee. See, I hate the taste of coffee. So I have I'm to – I'm not a fan. I have to emasculate myself and say, I'd like a hot chocolate, please. <laughs> 
I'd oh, love no. a hot chocolate if you don't. Mind. I don't think that's at all emasculating because I think when you get hot chocolate, so many people are like that's such a great idea, and then everybody <laughs> you get the pound of whipped cream on top, which is always great. Right. I've more recently gotten into tea as well, although I get nervous ordering tea at restaurants because I want the selection of tea bags, and if they don't have the selection of tea bags, then I'll just panic and say, forget it, I don't want tea anymore. But here's the important question on the hot chocolate thing. The whipped cream's on top. <laughs> do you? What do you do with it? For me, I may slurp all the whipped cream off right away so I can enjoy it, where many people are like the dunk it and mix it in. I typically will take a hit or two of whipped cream, if you know what I mean, just raw, so I get that whipped cream deliciousness, and then mix a the rest. A hit or two, like like from the can, like whipped. <laughs> I've been known to do that from time to time, uh, but no, I I definitely will eat a couple spoonfuls of whipped cream first, and then mix it all in. Although I still am coming back to Lex, you not liking tea without the tea bagging that comes first. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. I I just want the box of tea bags. That's all I'm saying. I understood <laughs> what you were going for. I just want a box. Lex of tea Friedman bags. loves a good tea bag. I do. <laughs> good grief. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I don't believe in uh, I don't believe in fizzy water either. I just don't get the draw, and so I don't have a clicky keyboard. Oh god, it's, it's it tastes all funny and weird. But well, I don't want to I don't want a clicky keyboard either. But I'm definitely on board with the water, and that uh, I always hated it. And then I don't know. In living in Amsterdam, they. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, you kind of have to pay for the water either way. Mm, mm-hmm. And my feeling was, if I'm going to pay for the, if I'm going to pay for a bottle of water with my meal, I'm going to get the the good bottle of water. I'm going to get the bottle of water that probably took some effort. I don't know what my like. There's there's no real logic there, but that's kind of how I arrived at that. And then I just got used to drinking it, and now I much prefer it. See, but now aren't you getting less water for your money because now it has a bunch of carbon dioxide in there that you wouldn't have had otherwise? See, that's the true uh, cheapskate I, in me. I guess, but I you're guess, you're but getting it, extra carbon dioxide that you would have been able to have <laughs> otherwise. But it, it adds something to the flavor. Uh, see, what it adds, I don't want. <sighs> you know, the other thing, I don't think I've ever mentioned this before, but it helped me quit smoking. Oh, now, that is a positive thing, quite, quite obviously. That is a good thing. How long did you smoke for? Uh, well, at the time, I'd just been smoking while I lived in Europe because everybody smokes oh, in Europe. Oh, God, yes. It's terrible. Uh, but i all told I smoked for 11, 12 years. Do you miss it? No. See, I just, I cannot imagine smoking. I don't think I've ever even tried smoking because the smell is so revolting to me that I don't See, think I would succeed. If somebody had told me how bad I smelled, I would have quit. I never would have started. <laughs> yeah, like, I, fuck, I fuck cancer. Yeah, cancer sucks, but that, that's going to come later. I stink now. That's going to come later. <laughs> don't worry about that thing that could kill me. The problem is I'm smelly. If a person starts smoking, they're probably not very future thinking people. Well, right. I have a hard true. time seeing too far in the future. But you tell me I smell bad right now, that's something that I feel like I need to act on. But I have a point of order on this fizzy water thing. <laughs> I'm so are, glad you do. Are you just saying, Casey, that you don't like fizzy water, but you will have like a carbonated beverage? Or are you saying you don't like any carbonated beverage at all? Because if oh, you don't like any God, carbonated no. beverage at all, you can stop this show right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I pretty much survive off of Diet Coke. And okay. yes, I said diet. And the weird thing about this is the aftertaste that a normal human gets from Diet Coke is what I get from regular Coke. Which How is, could you possibly they, know that? Because, <laughs> they both sound because, gross to me. Well, because the, the, the way people describe how they feel about, that don't like Diet Coke, the way they describe how they feel about Diet Coke is exactly how I feel about regular Coke. Interesting. I used to love regular Coke, and I drank way too much of it. And it was only when uh, my wife and I did the hacker's diet in like 2000. I don't know, three, where it's the, the hacker's diet, by the way, is an actual thing that was on the internet, at least back then, where you is that um, the uh, you weigh calories. yourself and if you, you weigh more than the day before? Oh, you, no, you, you 
want or something? No, this was just all about math. It was just you could eat all, nothing but donuts as long as you were under your calorie goal. Um, you just had a finite number of calories you could eat a day. So it was all just about logging calories. Um, today we call that the Fitbit app. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all diet tracking apps today. But so I switched to Diet Coke and I hated it because I thought it was totally disgusting. But now I cannot drink a regular Coke. Like if they give right? me the wrong soda at a restaurant, I will tell them like even before the straw has let the actual liquid hit my mouth. That's like just the feel of it in the straw as it's approaching my mouth is enough. No, this is not a Diet Cola beverage, you lying bastard. This is, this is completely alien to me. I cannot drink soda. I wish I didn't like it because I, I feel about diet soda this or soda in general the same way I imagine I would feel about coffee if I was able to drink it, that I wish I didn't like it. You'd roast your own? Oh, God, I hope not, but I probably would. Uh, <laughs> Wait, do you have a soda stream? No. God, that no. is roasting your own soda. I'm just saying, like, that's as close as one can get. That is a good point. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I just don't believe in coffee. I don't believe in fizzy water. I drink the shit out of some diet coke but you don't believe eslin like you you in the way that <laughs> like i don't Santa believe Claus. in god <laughs> <laughs> let me rephrase i don't think that it is a delicious tasty beverage okay um, because I'm, i'll tell you it, it exists <laughs> well so far case we have a lot in common because i don't drink coffee i don't do unflavored fizzy water and uh i love diet coke that's the the keyword keyword at there, unflavored so you guys both drink fizzy water you just put weird shit in yours right right i need a chemical laden like if it's not yeah, exactly if it's not bad for phenylketonurex or whatever the hell that word is, <laughs> I don't want Because really, your attitude here is, I don't want fizzy water unless it'll also give me cancer. Right. It's got to have some kind of cancer-causing ingredient, or I'm not buying. Right. It's if there's no carcinogens, then fuck. It. Wait. Speaking of buying, this is a oh. perfect segue. Oh, well, is it done. time? Do we, is it time? Is it time? Do we get to do the sponsor rate? Yes. Are we Yay. doing? Are we doing it live? Let's. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, we have we have one sponsor today because they are so excited about promoting their brand new app. They bought out the whole freaking show, if you can believe that. It's Smile I, Software. I can. Our old friend Smile Software. The URL, as always, is smilesoftware.com slash unpro. But there is a new app. This is not an app we have told you about ever before on this, this show. This is brand new. Of all the times we've told you about Smile Software apps, this is a new one. Yeah. It's PDF Pen Scan Plus, and it's available in the App Store right now. I'm I'm just going to call it Scan Plus because that's what it says on my springboard. All right, that's fine. I'm but, calling it Scan Plus. You can choose to call it what you want. I'm going to go with Scan Plus. PDF Pen Scan Plus lets you scan and OCR your documents. So you take a photo with your iPhone and it OCRs. And it's not like, let me take this document and send it to Smile Software servers in the cloud somewhere and have all the fine people at Smile read all my sense. No, no, no. It happens on the device. It's resident That'd on the device. Awkward. It's fast. It's magical. It's one-touch scanning. It works on the iPhone and the iPad alike. You know, I, I just want to say, though, if these are the people at Smile, even if they could read your documents, if you can trust anybody, oh, yeah. Smile. For crying out loud. I would yeah, actually guys. pay more if they would read my documents just so they could tell me if there's anything I'm missing them. Right. <laughs> they would be that polite. Like, if they, if they were to read your documents and there was a spelling error, they'd call you. But So you scan whatever you need, including receipts, articles, multi-page documents, whatever. They're automatically cropped. They're sized to standard paper sizes, and they're visually enhanced for legibility. I have used it today. I scanned all my – you know, I used to work at Macworld, as you might have heard, and they have a terrible uh, reimbursement expense report thing where you have to give them all the original receipts. New job, happy with scans. Scan them all with Scan Plus today, PDF Pen Scan Plus. Literally. You go, girl. Truly. Sincerely. <laughs> the day we're recording this, I scanned all my receipts with the app and then emailed them to my 
my boss. True story. I'm working, I'm working on a, a bit of a side project, and I needed to send the, uh, the, the developer some, some wireframes. So I drew them on a piece of paper, and I scanned it into a PDF. When you use the OCR, you can, the PDF becomes searchable. You mm-hmm. can copy text that was scanned by OCR. You know, it's, it's just text. It's pure, it's pure text. You can, obviously, you can email and share the PDFs, and they include the embeddable searchable OCR text. You can choose scans right out of your photo library. You can send PDFs elsewhere with OpenIn. You can use iCloud to scan, you know, share between devices. It's, it does everything that you would want a, a scanning iOS app to do, and it's probably better. This is my true take. It's better than you think an app like this on the iPhone is capable of being. I'm blown away that they can do it as well as they're doing it without sending it up to a cloud service. It's right. all, it all happens right there on the phone. That's pretty impressive. And it's pretty fast. So it's, it's a $5 app. and that is, I was just going to ask. It is cheap at 10 times the price. Uh, if you go to our URL, smilesoftware.com slash unpro, our friend, uh, a guy who's never been on the show, but he, I'm sure he'd be great, David Sparks from Mac Power Users. He's got a video there that shows you all about using the app. And uh, I mean, it's great. The app is great. I used it. The day I got it and every day since. So uh, if you don't have PDF Pen Scan Plus from Smile Software on your iOS device, you're a terrible person. That's all. I mean, I don't want to call it like I see it, but that's I'm going to call it exactly as I see it. Look, I don't want to Godwin the conversation. Right. I don't want to say worse than Hitler. <laughs> but, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> the we, Smile people, they're just I, – I, I always say this when we do a Smile read. Even if you don't want the app, even if you don't own an iPhone, go buy the app anyway. Right. <laughs> You support these people. people. The Smile software is staffed only by by very kind people, and they do extremely good work. It's a fine, fine app. You should check it out. You wouldn't know to look at it, but it is software made by Care Bears. (laughs) I have touched every single employee of Smile software. (laughs) Inappropriately. No, no, no. (laughs) You were close. But it's available now. It's on the App Store. It's beautiful. It works. It scans. It OCRs. uh, If you don't buy it uh, for the app... And you don't buy it just because Smile software is great. Buy it because it makes uh, us happy when we can help support Smile since they support the show. So wait, so you're saying this thing will OCR documents for $5? How can you say no to that? How exactly. can you say no to that? I remember when we had a scanner back in 1812 or whatever it was. <laughs> it was it was actually, uh, I don't remember what kind of interface it was. It was like some crazy interface. It might have been a SCSI scanner. But anyway, my dad bought OCR software for like a million dollars. Yes. And now you can do it in your pocket for five. How can you say no to that? <laughs> can I just say, my first scanner was this handheld grayscale piece of shit where it was sort of shaped like a giant... Uh, mouse, but like with a T bar at the top, and you drag it down. It wasn't uh, nearly yep, wide yep, enough yep. to cover page, so you drag it down once, and then you have to overlap part of it so that the software can later try to stitch it together. Mm-hmm. And it never stitched it successfully, no matter what. Like it was before I had, could afford, or knew how to use Photoshop, I could create monstrosities of the human face by the shitty <laughs> scanner software trying to put together the faces from my handheld scans. I have this fancy, expensive scanner sitting right next to me here on my desk that I don't think has even been plugged in in about four years. <laughs> nice. Just, if I need to scan something, I take a picture with my phone and mail it. I, I'm just remembering how shitty the OCR software was that came with that scanner. If you got an acceptable scan, which, by the way, you did not, it would just take like 45 minutes to scan a single page and, and you know, do the text recognition. It was just horrible. Just Yeah, horrible. it would have to churn on that for forever, and this will do it. Almost instantly. How can you say no? <laughs> I, I, see, I was just going to segue out of the ad read, but I like the case he's bringing it back. Let's, let's, do, another, uh, let's do another 20 minutes. On, yeah, yeah, let's keep going. Why not? 
you know, it's it's amazing to me how over time technology we complain. People will complain about technology being inconvenient, but the truth is, it's gotten remarkably good over the the, the years, especially the last few years. Not unlike TV has gotten really good over the last couple of years. Nice. That was that's smooth. my segue into. Let's talk about Breaking Bad, gentlemen. Oh man, let's do so it. Wait, Dave, are you a Breaking Bad watcher? Well, not now, but you did. <laughs> You, you binged a ton on Netflix and then caught up. Is that right? Yeah, I think I caught it. I, I started watching it last summer. Oh, so you did something Man. similar. I, I binged up until this half, half season that just finished, which, of course, was the final one. And so I binged on everything uh, over the course of this summer and got totally addicted and caught up and then watched this past half season as it was airing. Honestly, and, um, I feel like that's the show. worst worst way you could watch it, Casey, only because of the incredible amount of ads that uh, is it AMC that AMC puts in, especially into that final hour and fifteen minute episode when you've binged it all from Netflix with that's no true. ads to then sit through like the forty minutes of ad version that just is has true. to be awful. Well, I've been getting them through iTunes, and last one last night, I you know did the BitTorrent thing so I could watch it. There was no way I was going to let the day go by <laughs> where people would be ruining the show for me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you really are compelled to make sure with that sort of thing that you're on the ball, because otherwise it is absolutely ruined immediately, too. I'm just saying, let's sound the incomparable spoiler horn, because from this point on, I'm, I'm willing to spoil anything for Breaking Bad. Yeah, if you, if you have not seen break, all of Breaking Bad, you're going to want to hit pause. You heard stop. the ad read, so we're good. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> this is <laughs> throw your phone out the fucking window. <laughs> your work here is done. We're going to ruin that shit for you. Oh, nice. I... I agree with Mike Montero about the ending of the show. Now, what did he I, say? What did he say? I, I don't believe that this is what was meant, but I believe that it is a better interpretation. I love the show. I love the ending. I like an ending that is actually an ending. Um, I know that people are saying, don't. Well, some people in the television criticism industry are saying, you know, don't compare it to the ending of Lost or The Sopranos because each show gets the ending it deserves, whatever. I like that they wrapped up the storylines. However, all that said, I felt like the Breaking Bad finale was a little bit too pat and a little bit um too much rewarding of some of walt's worst inclinations like everything is going according to his plan he says please just let me get to the freaking back to albuquerque and then the keys essentially fall from heaven oh is this the uh, the, the in the car the in the car sleep theory so exactly i want to believe that instead of the keys falling down he basically is getting ready to die of cancer right there and everything that we see for the rest of the episode when it's so neat and so tidy is actually his sort of getting ready to die hallucinogenic visions dream of how he'd like the what his plan is and how he imagines it working out and in fact he's just going to die right there of cancer in the car see i choose to believe i choose to believe that the show that this last episode was designed so that you could see it either way oh, yeah? but it but it wasn't too cutesy wink wink nudge nudge about it it wasn't a was it all just a dream and then dissolve <laughs> It was a if you're if you're smart and thoughtful and you pick up on those sorts of things, then you can see it that way, and it all still works out. I think it is that well written. I would believe that. I actually I tend to agree with both of you guys that it seemed very convenient. Everything seemed convenient. Like he didn't even hawk up along that episode, did he? He just was some coughing, only a little. Like he couldn't he couldn't uh, get every word out at the coffee shop when he had somehow managed to sneak into the stevia packet. He started coughing there for a while. <laughs> But yeah, everything was just so convenient. And every every other episode of that show was oftentimes extremely inconvenient. That things you expected to happen didn't happen. 
And this this one, just like you said, everything was just wrapped up with a nice little bow on it. And I was glad that it was wrapped up because I didn't watch The Sopranos. And I know that the world went friggin' berserk when, when the ending ended that way. And I didn't watch Lost, so apparently I don't believe in good television. But <laughs> one way or another, uh, I know people were berserk about that because I guess everyone died or was dreaming or God knows what. And spoilers. I, spoilers. My bad. We already sounded the spoiler horn. Yeah. We sounded for one show. We sounded for all shows. But, uh, Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even a show. No, I'm talking about on Moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, I don't know. It's just so convenient. It seemed seemed weird to me on a show that, that nothing was convenient. Everything became convenient. Although the one thing a coworker of mine said to me, you know, the the ads or maybe I think he said it was the ads. I don't recall. But something for the show was saying that, you know, chemistry is all about change. And you could argue and you could choose to interpret the finale as Walt came full circle and tried to be repentant and clean up, you know, clean up all the messes he made. And make everything right. And so maybe instead of, you know, if, instead of him being Heisenberg, this evil asshole, he's back to good old Walt that we saw in the very beginning of the series. Well, even if it is him having that hallucination, if it is just a fantasy, him saying to Skyler, the, it wasn't for the family, it was for me, I enjoyed it, that honesty. And then the, the things that he fantasized about are very telling of his character, mm-hmm. very telling of what he really did want to accomplish. He did... It wasn't entirely about his family. It was a lot for him. And, and the fact that he could, one, be honest with himself about that is big, even if he didn't get a chance, to, even if it was a dream and he didn't get a chance to be honest with everyone else about it, or at least Skylar about it. At least he was honest with himself. But even beyond that, the things that he wanted to do, the things that he would fantasize about bef- right before dying, I think still bring the character f- full circle in the way that you would want to see that character come full circle at the end of the show, regardless. I've I've changed my own mind as we're talking. I no longer agree with past Lex or current Mike Montero. <laughs> because if 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 it were all the if if that last episode as events as they were unfolding were his dream hallucinogen thing, hallucination, that's the one. There you go. Um words uh, then it doesn't I can't accept that he would imagine uh Jesse in his torture chamber exactly as it was. And imagine Jesse also having his own hallucination about the wood carving box building situation. So for him to have envisioned it perfectly where Jesse was and how he was being captured. And in, I can't imagine him having a vision within a vision. That's that's too whoa, deep. whoa, 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 whoa. What if the whole thing is a hallucination? <laughs> he took a little bit of his blue math in the very first episode and then all of it from there was oh, just one trip. No, 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 no. The, uh, there, maybe there's like a hole or a leak in the gas mask in the first episode. when <laughs> the first cook. And this whole thing is a hallucination. God, how great Patrick would that Duffy be? Patrick Duffy steps out of the shower. Right. Oh, God. That would be and terrible. It's all inside the little... Uh, uh, I can't think what they're called, so I can't finish my thought. It's all inside the little thing that you shake. And, a snow globe. It's all inside a snow globe. That's what it is. Isn't that like the favorite cop-out? Oh, yes. yeah, we were just kidding. It's all in a snow globe. It was all a dream. Like the worst Star Trek episodes were always, it was always, it was all just a dream. <laughs> it is, it is such a cop out. And like the end of Men in Black was kind of like that, which I actually thought was interesting the way they presented it, but it's still kind of like a snow globey sort of thing. Whatever. I don't know, but I did, I, I love the series. And we were saying before the show, like, or I think I was saying before the show, um, I, you know, I started watching The Wire, got through the first season, felt like it was a shitload of work for not a lot of payoff. And now, now that Breaking Bad is over, now I have some time, so maybe I'll try season two and see if I can finally learn. You know, because apparently I can't be a real professional adult without drinking fizzy water, coffee, and adoring the wire more than anything in the world. <laughs> how, many, how many languages do you speak? Just one. 
Just one? Not well. I've got something. I've got, I've got an idea of something you could spend your time on that would be better than watching The Wire. Anything? Learn a foreign language. That's true. So how many languages do you know? Uh, just the one, but I also have never watched The Wire. So <laughs> I, I liked The Wire. I did not love The Wire. I think it was probably a show that was better in its time and better when you couldn't uh, mainline it the way it's possible to do with television now. I think it's a show that doesn't hold up to that kind of rapid-fire viewing. Um, although I do think it was very good. Don't get me wrong. But I loved Breaking Bad. And it's it's very unfair to compare uh, the finale to the Dexter finale. Um, one because the Dexter finale was just wait wait wait, awful. wait 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 don't don't ruin Dexter for me. I, I will not spoil it. I promise I won't spoil it. But let me just say the first couple seasons of that show I really enjoyed. I know a lot of people bailed after like the first season. Some people after the second season. I hung like with the fourth it. season. My wife and I hung with it, hung tight for every season. Even as it got worse, then it got better in the John Lithgow era. Then it got really shitty again in, like, I think the Colin Hanks area. Some Hanks. One of the Hanks' kids. I don't know how many he has. Some fucking Hanks. <laughs> was but, it even a kid? It might have been a typewriter. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was the girl from That Thing You Do. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, but the, the finale. This is the only spoiler I'll give you, Dave. It's awful. It's so unbelievably I've heard. awful. I've heard. Well, I, I've, I, I stopped yeah. watching this show, and I told myself that I'd pick it up again when it was over. And I'd watch the last season and skip whatever happens between when I stopped and the last season. So it, it's, it's not like my favorite show and uh, I'm super bummed that it's, that the finale was awful, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make it. Yeah. See, I've never seen Dexter either. Again, apparently I believe in terrible television. That's all right. I am one of those guys that believes in Firefly more than anything in the world though. So I still have that going for me. Never There's seen something. What, what, what? I've seen every other Joss show, although the uh, the new one, Agents of Shield, is only on my TiVo. I liked uh, I liked the Dollhouse one more than most people seem to, but I uh, I never did the uh, the whatever one you just said, the Firefly, Firefly Serenity thing. I never did that one. Meaning you've oh, never you seen to. it? Correct. Oh, I don't want, I don't want to you turn should. into that guy, but dude, you've got to. Yeah, yeah. Do I need to send you the DVDs like I did with Indiana Jones? I think it's probably on Netflix or something, right? Yeah, probably. Yep. You need to now. I. Uh, I want to touch on one more thing with Breaking Bad, which is simply this. I like the show. I enjoyed the show, but I don't get why everybody is so hard for it. I think it's because for me, it was really good storytelling, which the best shows that the shows that people love do great storytelling, but I feel like they don't do it consistently. I don't feel like uh, Breaking Bad had a bad episode in terms of plot and structure. You're wrong. Really good performances because uh, I thank you. But uh, Brian Cranston, <laughs> um, I thought was great, and I thought that just about all of the supporting cast was great, um, and it's just really good and compelling performances. And what for me, what sets it apart is that, and I think Casey was alluding to this earlier, things happen because of what they did. You know, on a on a procedural, you see, you know, you're a you're an innocent person and you see a horrible thing and next week you kind of have to be over it again because we don't want to see you go through shock for the next six seasons. But on Breaking Bad, like the horrible shit that happens affects everybody and continues to affect them and makes them worse or different or whatever. And I don't know. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good, but I don't think it was the, the best thing that's ever been on television. No, because that's Firefly. I'm surprised I didn't get an immediate argument. Uh, no, there is one bad episode, which is the stupid fly in the. Um, oh, that's the not web. a stupid episode. Uh, You're so dead much, to me. So, oh, well, was I ever really alive to you? I'm pouring fizzy water on you. The fly episode <laughs> is classic. 
It's so bad. There's, they could have accomplished the same thing in so much little time, so much less time, which is the same gripe I have about The Wire. Well, it's the, the same thing you could say about every episode of Breaking Bad. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. I feel like that, a lot that of whole it. show could have been a two-hour movie. You could yeah, have told that same story in two hours. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been nearly as nuanced. Which no, and, and, and them being leisurely and taking their time telling the story is what makes it interesting to me. And that's, I have the same feeling about Mad Men. The way they approach the telling of the story and how they don't – they're not rushing from plot point to plot point. That is very attractive to me. I prefer to, to, to see things unfold that way. And I, I have to say that you know the, where shows like Lost delighted in tricking you um, and, and not paying things off and leaving lots of mysteries open – I think that Breaking Bad really worked to anytime you weren't in on it, they got you in on it as quickly as possible. Like in the finale, it was the scene where Skylar's on the phone with her sister, mm-hmm. and then the camera pans a little bit, and now you realize, oh, for the past one and a half minutes, I didn't know Walt was there, but now I see him. Like you were only tricked for a very brief time, and it was to make the storytelling better, not just to fuck with you. And that's, I like that. Well, what got me about Breaking Bad, the hype about Breaking Bad, is that I started seeing, um, with this last half season, I started seeing these internet posts about theories of how the show would end or what's really going on. And my first thought, and I guess I still feel this way, is why would you even guess? Like, it doesn't feel like lost to me where there's a mystery I'm trying to solve. There's no puzzle to this show. I'm just watching as it happens. It's, it's, it's popcorn entertainment in the best possible way. Well, I guess the the idea is because you are expecting everything to be cleaned up in a happy way with a happy bow on it, and you know that that's not the way Breaking Bad typically works, what do you do? Because the normal way to end the show is Walt magically gets cured of cancer, he reconciles with Skyler and Walter Jr. and Holly, and everyone is happy and they ride into the sunset together. But that's not how Breaking Bad worked. And so then how bad does it get? It's like it's a degree of how shitty does does Walt's life end up being or does he end up dead? And does does Jesse kill him? Does he does he rice in himself? You know, what what happened? Hello. Somebody just got killed. <laughs> Apparently. I think I came through louder on the mic than it did here. I, I knocked over a battery. <laughs> it sounded like a gunshot. That was perfect. We should end it now. <laughs> See? Somebody it's... call 911. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been shot. <laughs> you shouldn't joke about that, good God. What are you? You're in Denver, right? And, yeah, it's, it's pretty Colorado. Yeah. Colorado, it is a concealed carry state. Yeah, see, you never know. And yeah, it's an open carry state here. I actually saw somebody carrying in our local grocery store the other day, which was pretty weird. It's not something I'm used to, even in the South. I live in more of a Mariah Carey state. I'm cutting terrible. all of this out. I'm cutting all of this out from the from the battery drop to right now. Good. So then I can safely say that Jersey is a waste of a fucking state. <laughs> Never mind. Leaving it in. <laughs>